0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges, with best-selling author, speaker, and motivational coach, April Joy Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she's gone from tragedy to triumph. She'll help you to do the same. Get empowered by taking a holistic approach. Now, here is your host, April Joy Ford.
2: Hello, hello, welcome! I'm April Joy Ford, the voice of You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Let's say hello to all of our fans, of course, going throughout the United States, we've also got Brazil, United Kingdom, Canada, New Zealand, Singapore, Vietnam, Japan, China, Mexico, Taiwan, South Africa, Saudi Arabia, Netherlands, Spain, France, Malaysia, Cambodia, Finland, Sweden, Turkey, Denmark, just to name a few. Thank you so much to all my listeners. I know you guys are all seeking answers and solutions to your situations and setbacks. I'm glad you've tuned in to get some insight on tools and truth To get empowered. Know that you are not alone and that there is hope. I'm here to say that there's golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you that curveball and you can still experience joy. So our episode today is on What Really Matters, Lessons for Living from Stories of the Dying with my guest, Dr. Karen Wyatt. And before I bring her on, let's quickly review the four steps. And that's one, recognize the rubble. And two, respond by creating a recovery plan. Three, reevaluate the plan as you rebuild. And fourth, rebalance your relationships. I believe on taking a holistic approach when implementing these four steps. So this show will bring on expert guests to help guide you. Have you ever chased your dreams only to find out that it cost more than just money? It costs you stress? anxiety, depression, conflict or strain in your marriage and even time away from your kids, there is a better way, a better solution. Find the powerful you to live your authentic best life. So here's your roadmap and your blueprint to implement those four steps. You can go to myjoyagain.com or text the keyword joy to 38470. So for our episode today, death is inevitable. Whether it's the passing of a loved one or own mortality, it is just a part of life. When confronted with one's own last days, individuals often do a lot of soul searching as priorities crystallize and what really matters becomes exceedingly clear. As a longtime hospice and palliative care physician Dr. Karen Wyatt has considerable experience tending to the very specific physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of the terminally ill. In a newly revised and updated second edition of her book, What Really Matters? Seven Lessons for Living from the Stories of the Dying. Welcome to the You Are All Alone show, Dr. Karen. How are you?
3: I'm just great today, April. Thank you for having me on the show.
2: Well, before we dive into your book, I wanted to encourage our listeners and an audience out there. I know your book talks a lot about, you know life lessons as well as the stories from the dying and what we can learn from that and really have a reference or a compass on really what matters in life. But let's broaden our our perception that it really doesn't have to do with just, physical death when one leads to their own soul searching. I did a video and I think I posted it on the fan page of choice of, yeah, and I'll, I'll promise my listeners out there, I'll post it on my um, YouTube channel, die before you live, and that's how you really find meaning in life when either you've had a brush with, with death itself, maybe you had a near-death experience, or you lost a loved one, or maybe you're just going through a difficult situation or adversity right now. I have a lot of friends who are, um, that work at Intel, they're going through a lot of, um, tragedies right now and and losing their job with the big layoff that Intel is going through. So let's just, you know, set the stage and letting our audience know it doesn't physically have to be just a physical death of um, when we go through this process of soul searching.
3: Yes, exactly. So so tell us what or who
2: inspired you to write What Really Matters?
3: Well, the story for me all started back when, when I was a new doctor in practice, I was a family, family doctor, and a, a tragedy struck my life. So much as you have described before, um, tragedy is sometimes the thing that shifts us in a new direction and that even opens the door for transformation and growth. And um, at that time, my father took his own life. And I was completely devastated with grief and guilt over his death. And ultimately, I ended up becoming a volunteer for hospice because I couldn't figure out how to get myself through the, this intense grief that I was feeling. And I decided maybe if I just go into it, if I just go into death and dying and really look at it and work with it, it will help me with my grief. So my dad's death brought me to hospice, and it was there I just saw such profound spiritual growth in the patients that I worked with, and they really helped me find meaning in my own life. And after that, I just knew I needed to write a book about it and share the stories and the lessons that I had learned.
2: Now that's interesting. Um, what do you believe really does matter now that you had a reference point on volunteering at the hospice? What did what did you What do you think? What really does matter?
3: Well, the lesson that came through to me over and over again was that love, love is what matters more than anything. And so many of the patients said, you know, I would give up anything I have, anything I've accomplished, anything I've done in my life, just to have more love. And so that became very clear to me that love is really it's really the highest goal to which we can aspire and that if we put love first, it it helps everything else fall in place. And we can almost tolerate or bear whatever difficulties we have because we can always be working toward more love, no matter what we lose, no matter what else happens. Love is the thing that can keep inspiring us.
2: Well, I I absolutely firmly believe in that. And while you were explaining that, it kind of reminded me of, Um, gosh, I can't, it's not in front of me, but I believe it was from Steve Jobs when he wrote one of his last, um, writings in what really matters in life. You know, he was, he was suffering from cancer and he basically along the same lines that you said, I give up everything. And no matter how much success that he obtained in his lifetime, what really does matter in his life? And he had, you know, his version in there. But why do you think if people already know this, they hear this from successful people or they see people within their own um, influence from family or friends. Why do you think it's so complicated for people to actually do?
3: Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, we have a certain amount of knowledge that we take into our heads from listening to other people and hearing teachers, but we don't really pull that into our hearts and let it change the way we live day to day, I think, until sometimes we are broken open. And, and I even say that in my book, that sometimes we have to let our hearts be broken. And that's what I felt happened to me by my dad's death. I was just completely broken open. But that's what allowed me to finally get it, that, oh this is where love comes in when you're in pain and you're hurting and it feels like everything has fallen apart that's when you can finally allow love into your life and let love guide the choices that you make when, when you're no longer just living out of your head but you can right. bring it into the heart
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you brought up a good point when you said when you really have to experience a tragedy um you know, that adversity or that curveball coming your way. It's almost like a catalyst. I did a blog on the five stages of your spiritual growth. And the one is really when that spark gets ignited within you because something, you know, something happened. Um, you're going through something, an event, a tragedy, um, and it acts as a catalyst for you to move forward with a different perception or life life lenses on what your insight and outlook on life really looks differently afterwards.
3: I love the word catalyst, too, because it implies that it's helping something even bigger and greater to happen, even though in the moment, we can't recognize that and we can't see it. But this catalyst is really pushing us forward in a powerful way to something new.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Now, with your book, who can benefit
2: most from reading this book?
3: Well, when I wrote it, I I really imagined that it would be baby boomers, because I'm a baby boomer, who would read it, who were kind of coming to terms with their own aging and later life. And I really wanted people to read it and... Uh, recover from some of the fear of death that is rampant in our society. But I've actually found that people of all ages have been reading it. Younger people have been reading it and been inspired by it. So I think anyone who is uh, co- coming to terms in a way with um, with the fact that life can be difficult and life has challenges to meet, I think there's inspiration for people in that situation in this book. Well, I just want to ask you this, since,
2: since just speaking of death itself can be a difficult um, topic just to have, you know, how have you been able to overcome society's reluctance to even have this discussion about death and dying?
3: Well, I found it has been difficult, and I have found in the beginning when I was trying to tell people about my book and put it out to the world, I found a lot of resistance Mm
4: -hmm. from people,
3: but I had to just keep talking about it and keep talking about it in a loving and open-hearted way and being calm about the subject of death, And, and ultimately I found that a lot of people really wanted to talk about it. They were just afraid initially. And that the more I could hang in there with them and just be calm and confident and positive that it's okay. It's okay for us to have this conversation that would really help people open up and then finally discuss all the things that had been going on in their own minds about death.
2: Right. And, and I like your approach of, of coming with the, you know, providing comfort and calmness um, to them because it's not... You know, typical icebreaker conversation that you would have at a holiday party. Oh, yeah, I wrote a book on death and dying. Would you like to hear
3: about it? (laughs) Yeah, no exactly. I've been I've been left standing alone at a number of different events when I tell mm-hmm. people what I do and what my work is, but but I totally understand how they feel. I understand it's not good conversation, but usually I end up gravitating toward people who actually have had a loss in their lives who themselves are hurting at that moment and can't tell anyone else and suddenly they discover me and realize, "Ah, oh, At last, here's someone that I can talk to who understands this. So, Mm -hmm. usually, or maybe maybe just for those who are
2: are seeking meaning and purpose and fulfillment in life. Like I said, you don't have to really experience, you know, physical death yourself. Whether you went through some NDE near death experience or you lost a spouse or you lost a child, but maybe it's just a big boulder of adversity that you're dealing with now that's causing a lot of heartache and you're really seeking fulfillment and meaning um, in your life. Kind of like that song, I think I mentioned it in my video, the song by Nickelback, if today was your last day, like if today was your last day, what would you be doing? Who would you be spending your time with? Really? You know, it centers on the priority and focus on what your perception on what's really important in your life.
3: Mm -hmm. I love those questions because that really is those really are the most important things we can look at. And I think what happens sometimes when we're in the middle of a crisis, what's falling apart is all of our expectations and our dreams, the things that we imagined life would be about. And in some ways, we need to lose all of those illusions in order to live a real authentic life and be who we really are. Those parts of us have to die away and have to fall away from us. And it's painful when that happens.
2: Right. And it's a really a process and transition of true transformation. So let's hold that thought. We'll um, go to our break right now and more with Dr. Karen Wyatt, more on her book on what really matters after these messages. <music>
1: your world motivate change succeed voice america do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down are you sick and tired of feeling depressed down and just plain unhappy get yourself out of this rut take action break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, at MyJoyAgain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit MyJoyAgain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword,
4: joy. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are tuned into you are not alone to reach april joy ford or her guest on today's program you may call into 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send april an email her email address is apriljford at joysofyog.com now back to you are not alone how to rise above life's challenges.
2: Welcome back. And I did want to announce the winners from our contest last week. I announced that we were going to be picking three families. In actuality, we picked six. So here are the lucky winners for the five-day, four-night trip to Cancun, courtesy the You Are Not Alone show and Vacations for a Cause. We have, let's see, Sergi from Sacramento, Yelena from Sacramento, Stephanie from Brooklyn, David also from Sacramento, Jim and Lisa from Phoenix, and Alexander from LA. So congratulations to those six families that will be going on their trip to Cancun, courtesy of you Alone and Vacations for a Cause. All they had to do was enter um, texting the keyword joy to 38470 or subscribing at MyJoyGen. So congratulations to you guys. So back with our guest today, Dr. Karen Wyatt, the author of What Really Matters. And I really like the subtitle of her book, Seven Lessons for Living from the Stories of the Dying. So Dr. Karen, which three lessons from your book should readers really pay attention to?
3: Well, uh, the the first one I mentioned was love, that I think love is the most important thing for us to, to remember, Let love be our guide in life. But the companion lesson of love is forgiveness. And this was a huge lesson for me. Um, and I, I saw most of my patients really struggling with how to forgive people or how to be forgiven or to forgive themselves even. And it really impressed upon me that, forgiveness is such a big task. It's something that we need to start doing right now. We shouldn't put that off until the very end of our lives. It's something we could all be working on right now. And what I realize is that when we accomplish forgiveness, we actually release some of our energy that has been stuck in the past, and it frees up more energy, more creativity, more joy for living right now in the present moment. So, for, I, I really believe forgiveness is one of the most important things we can work on. And then, along with that, was the idea of not expecting to, not living too much in the future as well. Like, not, um, Holding on constantly to someday things will be better, things will be different in the future, but to just focus on what's right here and right now and living in the present moment. So those three things: forgiveness, kind of letting go of the future, and then staying focused on the present moment.
2: Okay, so I was I was trying to take notes while you were saying that, which I I got love, letting, um, um, guiding love, as we spoke to in the first part of the hour, and then forgiveness, and then releasing expectations, which almost sounds like just being present in the moment, right? Being really mindful in the moment.
3: Yes, and I, I saw it so clearly with the patients who were near the end of life, because they really no longer had much of a future they could look forward to. And they spent their time just enjoying each moment because any moment might be the last moment they would have. And I saw how precious life mm-hmm. became for them and realized that's how I want to live my life now. I want to take every moment that comes to me as precious and and get as much out of it as I can.
2: Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about forgiveness. I know that's a pretty hard um, action for somebody to do because when you're you're having to forgive somebody, um, people have a misconception on what forgiveness is. They think forgiveness is um, maybe if they, if somebody inflicted pain on them. Forgiveness means that they're giving the person the permission of, oh, what you did to me was okay. When in reality, forgiveness really means, like you said, releasing that energy and pain that you're tied and connected to and releasing yourself from that situation.
3: Yes, Exactly. It's working on ourselves to just let go of whatever anger and resentment we're holding on to, even though it doesn't mean that what happened didn't happen or that you're saying it didn't matter or wasn't important, but just that you don't want it to control your life anymore. You don't want it to keep holding you back and pulling you down. So you're gradually letting go of some of the, the threads of, of bitterness and anger that keep, keep pulling you back into the past.
2: Mm -hmm. I think another, I mean, what do you think about this when you were dealing with a lot in the um, hospice environment? Did you feel that people had a hard time forgiving because they themselves don't feel forgiven?
3: Yes, I definitely saw that. And I I saw a lot of people who couldn't forgive themselves, who felt guilty themselves about things that had happened and that they had done. So I saw people working on forgiveness from all angles. And then even the loved ones, of the patient who was dying, sometimes I saw, you know, family members like brothers and sisters who hadn't spoken for 20 years, but when their parent was dying, they they were able to come together and actually forgive each other and decide it's time to reconcile now. We don't mm-hmm. want to keep living this way. And so it became a really beautiful opportunity for people to finally complete this this act of forgiveness and just let go of the past and let it be, let it stay in the past and not be bringing it all into the present moment.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, what can, if these are the top three lessons that people are listening to now, again, it's love, forgiveness is the second and three, releasing expectations of the future and really being mindful of the moment. What can people do now that's practical to implement these lessons, you know, I mean, the whole point of the book is really, let's take these lessons and learn from it and not wait until we're on a deathbed, just like everybody else um, that you took stories on. But what can they do now?
3: Mm -hmm. Well, as far as forgiveness goes, one of the things I've found the most helpful for me is having a journal and writing things down every day. And I made the decision that I don't want to accumulate new things I'm going to have to forgive for in the future. So I try to every day, like at the end of the day, work on forgiveness and think about what happened today that I'm still feeling upset about and can I just let that go instead of holding on to it? Can I just let go of the fact that somebody cut me off in traffic? Can I let go of of the fact that somebody said something rude to me and just, get rid of that and not even hold on to it. So so for me, forgiveness is something I work through in my journal every day by just writing about it and intentionally working on forgiveness. So that's one practical thing, and I think you probably recommend journaling too.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very big on journaling. And going back to that video that I mentioned that I'll post on YouTube titled Die Before You Live, uh, it's a 20-point questionnaire. So after the show, I want you guys to go through each question. And one of them is like what Dr. Karen just mentioned is forgiveness. Like who would, if, if you, I'm not going to give away what the exercise is, but in um, one of the questions has to do with forgiveness, who is that person that you need to forgive? You know, who would you say I love you to? So I'll make sure I post that video die before you live, or you can check it out on the Facebook fan page of Joys of Yah. Um, I'm really big on journaling. Is there anything more in terms of what people can do as baby steps that they can implement today? Since yes. you know they might be a little fearful on taking on such a challenge. Uh,
3: another step that I that I take as far as just learning how to be in the present moment. Because oftentimes, most of us, we're either caught up in rethinking something that already happened in the past, you know, rethinking yesterday, like, why did I do that? Why did that happen? Or we're worrying about the future and what's going Mm. to happen tomorrow or next week that um I recommend just doing some deep breathing. <laughs> Ta- just taking a few deep breaths can really bring you into the present moment, and just observing your breathing can help you remember, oh, okay, I'm right here right now. <laughs> Yesterday is over. Tomorrow hasn't happened yet. I'm just here right now. So mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. do I have to deal with that's in front of me right now? So I always recommend just practice some deep breathing whenever you find yourself getting too anxious or worried about the past or future. Take a few deep breaths in order to come back to this present moment.
2: Okay, so breathing as well as uh, maybe take it a step further is also meditation. Meditation works well as well.
3: Yes, yes, exactly. I I totally recommend that. And then uh, I have just a little practice in my meditation where I, as far as love goes, I put one hand over my heart while I'm meditating and I just envision love pouring into me and filling up mm-hmm. my heart. And I it's almost like I can feel my heart getting fuller and fuller with my hand that's on my chest. And when my heart feels very full, then I focus on as I breathe out, just radiating that love out to other people. So it helps me envision bringing love into me, but also sharing it with others and so just sending it out um, to, to other people around me.
2: Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so we've got the power of journaling, as well as breathing to be in the moment, and practicing meditation. And also with love, basically, you're just transferring the love energy over your heart. I've I've done that practice too, and it does work. But you um, sparked—you said something that sparked. um, I remembered something. I think it was on a TED Talk. Topic: When it comes to love and relationships on what really matters um, and people's health, there's this longest, it's the longest study ever done on, I think it was Harvard, Harvard University, that they studied a group of people for so many years, you know, it's the longest study at Harvard, you guys can look it up on YouTube, and they found that with this um, data set of people, they found that people that had meaningful loving relationships they had a higher quality of life.
3: Yes it was a really interesting study that started back in 1938 and they followed people through all these years of life and it was so it's so they really observed them from the time they were younger much younger people into old age and found that Mm -hmm. the people with the strongest relationships had the fewest chronic health problems in their older age and a much easier time with aging and then had um, this, this closeness and love in their lives. And they definitely emphasized that by strong relationships, they didn't mean that couples always got along well. They said a lot of times the strongest relationships were, were people who had had a lot of conflict that, they had, had, that had, they had worked through. So I really loved that idea. That was reassuring to me. <laughs> Told yeah. right away it's okay it's okay conflict has made us stronger and that's that's part of it is that you find a way to work through the the challenges and the difficulties
2: okay so we've been talking with dr karen wyatt on what really matters lessons for living from stories of the dying and we'll speak more to her after these messages when we come back <laughs>
1: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org.
0: It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people? Your environment? Fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
1: tuned into you are not alone to reach april joy Ford or her guest on today's program you may call into 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send april an email her email address is april j at joys now back to you are not alone how to rise above life's challenges
2: Welcome back. My guest today is Dr. Karen Wyatt, the author of What Really Matters. Hopefully you guys are with us before the break. And she talked about the three main lessons from her book that you should really pay attention to. One is love, two, forgiveness, and three, being in the moment, really releasing expectations of the future. So Dr. Karen, how would you cope with stress of a repeated loss?
3: Well, that's something I had to learn how to deal with when I became a hospice medical director because uh, over and over again, I would get close to patients and their families and um, only to lose them uh, a short time later. So for myself, I had to really work on a practice, just having a daily practice like each morning when I got up and I would do the journaling that I mentioned and a little yoga and some meditation. And that's what helped me stay grounded and helped me uh, kind of cope with the, the stress and the pain of, of constantly having to let go of patients and their families and, and moving on through that. Okay.
2: And also, what would you like our readers to take away from this book? I know there's so many um, lessons in here. Was there one that really strikes out to you
3: well, um, I, I guess first of all, and I mentioned this before, I really hope that people will read the stories. And recognize that how much beauty there is in the process, there can be, and there is in the process of dying, so that they lose some of their fear of it, and um, and get comfortable with the fact that their loved ones will die, and they will die, and they will also, as we discussed, they'll have other losses in life that they have to cope with, and come to learn that there's beauty within within that loss and the tragedy. And then um the other thing that for me was really powerful was realizing that all of these things that happen to us in life are meant to change us, and that's where I love your word, the catalyst. And one of the things I learned was the reason I... I couldn't get over my grief from my dad's death in the beginning was because I didn't want anything to change. I kept wanting to go back Mm -hmm. and have everything in my life be like it was before he died. That's what I was holding on to and waiting for every day. In fact, I would say that I can't wait until everything is like it was before. But I was missing the whole point that these events in our lives are meant to, to change us. They're like catalysts, as you said, to bring about change. And when I was finally able to just accept the change and let it happen, that's when I broke through and that's when I was able to find joy again.
2: Mm -hmm. And I think it's normal to have those feelings or conversations with yourself, like going through the five stages of grief, but you, like you said, this is supposed to be a transformational transition when we go through this tragedy or catalyst, but don't you think it's kind of difficult when people, like you said, even yourself, you didn't want to change?
3: Yes, exactly. I just found myself clinging so much to the past that I couldn't um, I, I couldn't somehow see that that this catalyst was moving me to a change that would end up being being the right thing for my life it would end up helping me grow in ways that i really needed to grow i think it's totally normal for us to resist that for a while but that's what you're that's one of the things you're teaching people is mm-hmm. is how to find how to get through that adversity and allow the change to come right and i think it's
2: unfortunate that some people have to experience such a traumatic event such as losing a loved one and I'm being discreet about somebody because I know they're going to go through this um, fairly soon it's almost like they're so stubborn that they're not going to change their ways unless they experience a death of a loved one and then that's when they'll you know have their reality check or their aha moment on resetting the priorities in their life.
3: It's very true. I think we humans, <laughs> we, we, we are pretty stubborn and we hold on with our minds to what we think is right. And sometimes we keep resisting every little fine mm-hmm. and every bit of guidance that tries to push us toward, toward change and growth.
2: Now, what I can say you mentioned that there's, you know, when people read these stories, um, maybe somebody on the on the airwaves are saying, well, "What does she talk about? What beauty? What possible beauty can be in this process in the moment of grief and despair?" So, can you share a little bit more insight on that?
3: Well, um, as one thing that I mentioned, I saw so many people accomplish forgiveness, and so you know, there was one man we took care of who was he was an extremely wealthy and very successful man in his business life. But um, And so he had all kinds of material wealth as he was dying, but he had uh, been divorced from his wife many years ago and been estranged from his son, and he's one of the people who said to us, I would give anything to have love in my life. And he said, I abandoned love in order to have wealth, and I would give everything up if I could only have love again. And that story is at that point was very tragic but we were able to get in touch with his son who ended up coming to visit him before he died. And the two of them had this amazing reconnection and reconciliation that was just very beautiful to see. And so that man who had spent so many years of his life without love and without even knowing that love was important for him, he mm-hmm. finally got to have that the presence of that love in his life at the very end. And it was Beautiful and amazing to see it happen. And it was a, a wonderful t- transformation for his son also to have a chance to reconnect with his dad before he died. So there were so many stories like that where there were very beautiful endings to lives. We saw it over and over again. And when people really felt at peace, and really felt this incredible love and even that it's it's okay to go that there is a time when when life is ready to come to an end and it's okay for to move on through that process oh i think that
2: that is beautiful like you said there is beauty in the process who who would have you know thought of when you're in your last moments on your deathbed that you would accomplish like you said that forgiveness and reconciliation of those relationships and experience love again and peace I mean who would want to go with such a heavy heart not experiencing that your last moments
3: yeah, and so, you know, you were kind of alluding to people sometimes are so stubborn that they are just not going to see that lesson or see the importance of mm-hmm. it until something drastic happens, and that's how it was for this man. It took being on his deathbed before his he just woke up and his eyes were opened and he said, oh my gosh, and in fact, he's the person who said, I just now learned what really matters in life, and he's the person who gave me the title for the book when I heard him say mm-hmm. that.
2: Wow. Wow. Now, what about when you said, how can people lose their fears? How how can they, like I said, we're talking about death and dying and, you know, what's the purpose and meaning of life? You know, how can people really um, quiet that voice of fear?
3: Well, what was helpful to me, uh, as I said, working in hospice, I had some of the same fears everyone else does the first time I went to visit. Um, a dying patient in their home, I was terrified. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh, what is this? What will this be like? And how tragic and terrible and sad will it be? And it was really just working with families and patients over and over again that taught me, it it helped me stay calm and relax and, and recognize this is a, a natural process. It's part of life, and everything on this planet dies. That's how life here on this planet has been set up, that there can't be life if there isn't death. And it helped me accept that and understand it and develop a comfort level with it so that it took all of my fear away. And one of the reasons I wanted to share these stories in the book that are redemptive and so beautiful and precious is to help other people read the stories and then rec- see, see the beauty within the story and um, without themselves having to go volunteer for hospice in, in order to live mm-hmm. through it, but to read a story about it and um, hopefully get some comfort within themselves uh, about death and dying. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think not just also the, you know, people fear death because of the physical pain. None of us really want to go through um, any experience that involves pain. But do you think it's almost like a race against time? Like they fear death because they haven't done this or they haven't done that. Or it's always something else, like you said, when you're racing for your list on tomorrow, when the perfect time is for this. Do you think it has to do with that? And it goes back to your resetting your priorities on, hello, what really matters in life? Maybe you should consider that before you have a frantic, stressful moment and have um, fear on death.
3: Yeah, I think, I can't remember who it was, but someone wrote that, that the reason people fear death is because they haven't really figured out how to live. They haven't Mm -hmm. even lived life yet. Mm And so that was the, what made a big impression on me is that I want to be thinking about how I live every day and that really I don't know how many days I have left. And so. Anything can happen. In fact, gosh, a friend of mine just died. She just got hit by a car and died a couple of days ago. You know, she was my age. And so it makes you realize, like, anything can happen at any time and that I should be prepared all the time to think, you know, life could end at any point. So I want to make sure that today I have loved mm-hmm. fully and that I've found some way to have meaning and, um, and joy Today, in my life today, in case this turns out to be my last day.
2: Right, right. Like going back to that song, if today was your last day, you know, Mm -hmm. what would you be doing? How would you be spending it? So I, I really emphasize, go to that video that I did die before you live and take the 20 point questionnaire it's on the joys of Ya fan page on facebook and i'll make sure i upload it to the youtube channel april joy Ford, within the next um couple of days so let's go ahead and take our last break and more with dr karen when we come back <music>
1: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. Take action. Break through the barriers in your life. And gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, at myjoyagain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit myjoyagain.com for the free ebook
4: or text to 38470. The keyword, joy. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas
1: at Voice America Empowerment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is apriljford at joysofyog.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges.
2: We are back. So, Dr. Karen, what suggestions do you have for our listeners who are struggling right now when they're dealing with grief or a terminal illness?
3: So I think the first thing that we have to find a way <clears throat> to to be where we are in the present moment and um, to not, not be trying to move back to the past, but to recognize that the way things are, what has happened and what's in your life right now is, is what you have to deal with so to not to not do what i was doing which was trying too hard to to make everything go backwards and become what it was before but to accept that something new has entered your life there's been a catalyst in your life that is going to change everything and so in this moment you ha- you have to begin by accepting that even though the future's uncertain and you don't know where it's headed and then i think one of the key key things we can try to practice in those times when we're scared and we're uncertain and we don't know what's happening is to try to find a way to be grateful for something. Find one thing, anything, even when everything looks black around you, to find one thing that you can be grateful for each day. I think that's a good good place to begin.
2: Yes, that is a good place to begin to start a, with a reference of gratitude. And I like how you brought in, you know, in the four step process is one to recognize, recognize where you are now, even though it may not look or feel pretty with the rubble of the reality that you are facing but really know it's okay that this is part of life and it's part of the process and it's part of the process of just going through the five cycles of grief and be okay with that you know the first is maybe you are in denial and then once you go from denial you go through um, anger and and then after anger is depression and then bargaining and then full acceptance so allowing i think allowing people to um, have the space and comfort and time to know that it's okay to go through those stages.
3: Yes, exactly. Experience all of the emotion and all of the stages as they come up because that is the natural process of of how we get to that place of acceptance. You can't just jump there and skip over other steps. It needs to come gradually as you work your way through it.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, how how would anyone you know can you really truly prepare for your own experience of death or dying
3: for me i feel like i feel like i'm doing it partly because i'm aware of it so i think about it often i think about the fact that gosh i don't know how much time i have so i want to make sure that uh, that i do things that have meaning right now and it actually helps guide my Choices and my decisions. Like, mm-hmm. uh, do I want to watch some violent show on television tonight? No, I really don't. That's not how I would want to. That's how, not how I want to spend my limited, precious time. That's not right for me. So it helps me say no to things that aren't right for me and make choices that are good for me. So I think just having that that awareness that life is fleeting and precious and make the most of it. Uh, I, I think that's the that's the beginning step. Just opening opening your mind to the awareness of it, and then being willing to. Being willing to grow with every situation that comes in your life, and kind of looking at life as it life is a school in a sense, we're here to learn things, and so have some curiosity about oh, I wonder what I wonder what I'm meant to learn from this. I wonder what this can teach me, and how I could grow from each experience that I have.
2: Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like your example on more of the practical aspects of our daily life as choosing how you spend your time like you said well do I really want to spend my time watching this or doing something else when we talk about life it doesn't have to be the big um, moments of life-changing decisions such as moving to another country it could be just how you're spending your time right now and I really you know you know encourage people to practice this of being like you said being aware of how you're spending your time is adding meaning and fulfillment to your life um, the one, one way I said is make a decision towards your destiny, you know, or, or are you going the other route? Are you making a decision that's distracting or derailing you towards your destiny? It could be something simple as a task that you need to get done for your business. Um, I, I practice this, you know, there was something on my blog, you know, I'm really good at creating the content for my blog, but. My team suggested that I convert um, some of the formatting to some plugins, fancy plugins in WordPress. Don't mean to get technical on this (laughs) uh, program, Mm -hmm. but they suggested that I convert it to some plugins and templates. And you know, I could have spent my time figuring it out, but I chose not to. I did my own truth check and reality check: Is this something that I choose to spend my time today? So if I were to ask myself, if today was my last day, is this something what I really want to be doing? And I said, no. So I delegated it to somebody else.
3: Mm, I love that. I just love the idea of having a guiding force, like something that helps you make those choices and those decisions. And when, as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that I try to eat a really healthy diet and eat lots of fruits and vegetables. But I happen to love chocolate cake, and so I'm (laughs) not going to skip. I'm not going to go without chocolate cake, but when I do have it, I'm going to make sure that I enjoy it (laughs) to the fullest. I'm not going to eat it mindlessly. I want to be there and enjoy every crumb and taste every bite of it.
2: Right. And that's what life is about. It's about living. Like you said, living with joy and what brings meaning and fulfillment to your life. So, Dr. Karen, in closing, what would you like to leave our listeners with?
3: Well, I I think, and this is a message that I think your whole show reflects, is to uh, face up to the difficulties that life brings and remember that that you can rise above them and you can make the most of them and and you can learn new things and you can transform and grow through anything, no matter what life hands you. So don't give up hope, don't give up your faith, and don't give up love. Keep holding on to love.
2: Alrighty everyone, I'm April Joy Ford here on Voice America with You Are Not Alone. I share my story and the show so that others can share their glories and stories so that you can share how to experience life in a more fulfilling way. I give my permission and allow people to borrow my belief and faith, and I give my love and light so others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. I'll see you guys next week.
1: We appreciate your joining us this week, for you are not alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April Joy Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week.